49ers Weekly for week six of the 2023 season. I'm Nick, as always, joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Producer Brad. Hey, hey. And now a little something different. Corporate office gave Woody the night off. And when we go to the bench for a pinch hitter, we go straight to the top. Everybody welcome associate head coach, first man off the bench, Toby Bicknell. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Got a big – it's always a special occasion when Coach Big's on with us. We're going to have some fun tonight. Let's get into last week's action. We're going to move through this because there's – Man, if you followed if you followed what happened uh, all weekend long in Ruston, uh, particularly yesterday, you know there's some cool stuff we got to talk about. Uh, and honestly, some of this some of this story we haven't even heard it yet. So we've got Toby here to tell us from uh, he he was the, he's our man on the scene to tell us exactly what in the world was going on down there in Ruston, particularly yesterday. So a look back at the week's events last Tuesday night uh, at the Hayes. Um, it was cold. Uh, the Niners jumped out to a 2-0 lead over uh, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill behind back-to-back homers from Cam Fisher and Will Butcher. And that was really freaking awesome. And quite frankly, it's the last thing I remember because I got really cold after that. And I don't know, I must have blacked out. I'm told the final was 16-3, to but enough about that. Kevin, then we went and got on a bus and went to Rustin. Why don't we talk about right. that instead? First Conference USA weekend, uh, Friday night, Wyatt Hudipole continued to do good things on the mound. Uh, 6.1, 6.1 innings, two-run ball, four Ks and two walks. Um, we went up against Conference USA preseason pitcher of the year, preseason All-American John Fincher, and he lived up to the billing, held Niners to just one run. Niners dropped the first game of, of the series two to one. Um, go ahead to Saturday, Nick. Yeah, so – Moving on there, the Niners needed to get back in the uh, in the series, and boy, did they. The Niner bats came alive. The offense drove in 14, ro- uh, 14 runs. Uh, man, every everybody got in on the hit parade. Blake Jackson had three. Cam Fisher had four. Jake Cunningham had a pair of hits. So did Brandon Stallman. Jack Dragham, uh, in a resurgent role, had three. And then, and this is one of the great stories of the weekend, Dante freaking DeFranco had five hits on Fridays and Spencer Nolan, or sorry, on Saturday and Spencer Nolan also chipped in a pair. Um, Not a single one of those 22 hits, which is really impressive when, when you score 14 runs, not a single one of those 22 hits was a home run, but there were six doubles Um, on the mound. Sam Conti got the start, went four innings in his first start as a Niner and Paxton Thompson picked up the W out of the pen with 2.1 innings pitch. So the Niners got back into the series on Saturday in a big way, which sets up the big game on Sunday. Got a rubber match Sunday, uh, Conference USA series on the line. Uh, predicted Conference USA uh, winner, uh, La Tech. Uh, the Niners put Cam Hansen on the mound, and Cam was uh, very impressive. 7.2 innings pitch, shutout ball. Um uh, Really, really, uh, really impressive outing for Cam. Evan uh, Michelson finished off the game 1.1 scoreless innings to preserve the shutout. Um, Niners were offense, kept rolling, nine runs on the board, 13 hits. Um, Dragum went four for four, drove in two, and he was wearing some blue suede shoes that we'll talk about a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. 
strange weekend. There's a lot to talk about here, Coach. Um, let's just let's just start unpacking the weekend at Louisiana Tech. I, I know you've got a lot of thoughts, and you saw a lot, and you heard a lot. Um, this was this was the weekend that that we needed, that we all needed for a number of reasons. We need some dubs, which we always need dubs, but in particular, um, Louisiana Tech had kind of been uh, sort of a thorn in our side uh, or an obstacle to overcome. And even beyond just the Bulldogs, that stadium in particular has not always been very kind to the Niners when we've gone down there for, for the conference tournament. So let's start unpacking the week coach. What, what, what'd you see? What did, what'd you experience? Well, you know, you're going to play a good team. They're going to be well coached coach Burroughs, coach Fouts, coach Gaspard. They do a great job. Um, and so, and you know, it's going to be a long travel day cause you're, you're flying to Dallas and then you're busing four hours to Ruston. Um, and so the guys, you know, we do a great job with travel and Tyler Simmons heads up all of our itinerary, um, and the logistics of how we travel. So it's always first class, but you get to Ruston late Thursday, go in, have a light practice. You hit about, I don't know, seven thirty, eight o'clock. You've got a meal before and a meal after, so the guys get to eat. And then it's, you know, and then you're teeing it up on Friday night. And you know on Friday night in Conference USA, you're going to be seeing you're going to be seeing really good arms. Um, and you're going to be playing excellent teams. So Fincher did a really good job. Wyatt Hudipole with another really great outing. Um, you know, he's just – he's got the look, I guess, is the way Coach Woodard would describe it right now. He's got the look of a guy that is really dialed into his craft and what he's doing. Um Low school in a fair, fairly quick game, um, and you know they did a great job of keeping of keeping us off the board. Um, you know we made some defensive lineup changes um, with some guys starting in the game with Spencer Nolan at first base and then Dante DeFranco going into center. Um, we played really good defense all weekend behind those guys that got on the mound, and so you know it's good to see Spencer Nolan out there. He's got a ton of range at first base and and has great hands, so he can make every infield throw look better. And Dante DeFranco. You know, he's a staple in our program. He's been here for three years. He's He's been working his tail off since the day he got here. He's got great energy. Um, and, and so it was good to see him get in the lineup. And then obviously it was great to see him do what he did on Saturday um, with five hits. You know, and all of them were big. And, you know, every single hit that he had, it was huge. And you just see his confidence building with each at bat. So, um, you know, he made some really nice defensive plays as well. So did Spencer Nolan. Um and then obviously, uh, you know, kind of talking about Sunday with the, you know, with the blue cleats. So we had a little bit of a bus issue. Um, and with that bus issue on Sunday morning, the battery was dead. The bus wouldn't start. And the, since the bus won't start, you can't unlock the doors underneath where a lot of guys keep their gear. So some of our guys didn't have batting gloves or helmets or cleats. And you know, Coach Woodard, we were delayed. So I was in a rental car and we were shuttling guys, you know, to and from on Sunday morning, which was always fun. Kind of lightens the mood of a, of a big Sunday rubber game coming up. And we were teeing off at 11 o'clock Central Time. So it was an early tea time. And uh, so shuttling the guys over there, you know, I had we had to fit Hale Sims in the front of the Kia rental car. You know, it, it looked... <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I looked at Hale. He was in the second group that I drove over. I looked at Hale. I said, Hale, I feel like this isn't a cartoon somewhere. Like, you know, you're, you're the silverback gorilla that we're trying to jam into a little, you know, circus car. Um, <laughs> but Hale was like, Hale was fine with it. You know how funny he is. He just, he shrugged it off. But uh, yeah, so we, we showed the guys over. 
Coach Woodard talked to Coach uh, Burroughs, and they were able to loan us some cleats and some batting gloves. Um, and that was awesome. We pushed the start time of the game back to about 1120, so we had a little bit more time to get ready. And then we ended up figuring out. So we had a couple guys wearing blue cleats. So Jack Dragon wore blue cleats. He had four hits. Um, Jake Cunningham, I think, had a, had a couple of hits, and he had a, home, a big two-run homer. Right. Um, you know, so it was an interesting Sunday, but it was awesome. It was really great, you know. You know, if you're looking at the, the entire weekend, we really pitched and we really played defense, you know, all three games. And, you know, we got a great start from Sam on Saturday. The bullpen came in and did a heck of a job. We strung all those hits together, obviously highlighted by Dante DeFranco. And then, you know, you start looking at, at Sunday and you're on the road and you're playing in a place that, you know, the team's picked to win the league and they've got a really talented group. And to see our guys come out and just – really rally behind Cam Hansen and the outing that he had on the mound because, you know, he was, he was really good. I don't think he gave up a hit until the fourth or the fifth. Um, it was an infield single too. It was, it was a questionable hit. I'm, I'm not the official scorekeeper, so I, I don't want to debate that part of it. I, I don't think I would have scored it a hit, but it is what it is. Um, and so to, to just keep those guys off the board, a couple of times where we had two on one out or two mm -hmm. on and two out and Cam worked out of those jams or we made a play behind him, like, just outstanding to see the guys rally behind him. And then for us to just, you know, be really resilient on offense and to keep chipping away, keep fighting, you know, swinging at pitches that we can handle with our hitting coach. Phil Sebahar does a great job of prepping our guys. Um, and just to see our guys finally, you know, stand in there, get, get a couple of really good pitches to hit. And, and whether we hit the homers or not, right, it, it's proof that we can score runs. And I think, you know, one of the things that we did this weekend, which was really awesome, was I know the bottom of the order, like the bottom of the order was getting on base a, a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was Dante DeFranco getting five hits, whether it was Spencer Nolan drawing a walk, you know, we had Austin Knight, Jack Dragon, you know, somewhere in there, but having big nights where, you know, you're able to turn the line over, turn the lineup over another time or two. And so that brings up, you know, Caden Hobson and Cam Fisher and Jake Cunningham. That just brings them up a whole nother time through the order. You know, Coach, I don't know if if y'all had these discussions, but but we did. Well, really wasn't a discussion. We made the offer on Twitter. We we tweeted uh, Louisiana Tech baseball and thanked them for for all the help that they had given, and and we actually offered to buy those blue cleats uh, off of them and uh, just name their price, and we never got a number. So yeah. we we I mean, hey, we had that kind of game in those cleats. I mean, I'm trying to buy them for us, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, you're you're not wrong. To offer, you're not really, I'm not saying I'm superstitious, but you, you know we can be a little stitious. Be a little stitious. I mean, we can be a little stitious. When you're balling out in blue cleats like that, I mean, I'm like, well, how much do you want for the cleats? I mean, what, whatever. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's buy them. Um, some people were suggesting we steal them, and and I was like, no, nah, I don't think we want to do that. They they were just being very classy, but but maybe we should offer to purchase them. And um, you know, they never got us a number, so yeah. we were. We, Kevin and I were trying to buy those cleats. Yeah, they didn't, really, they didn't really match well with 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 the unis, but um, I, I did see Cal Clark had some red ones on, red cleats. He on did. As well. Cal had red cleats on. His his cleats were stuck on the bus as well. So, so yeah. did, well, we'll get into this bus trip, but I'm I'm curious if it's if is the equipment in Charlotte, North Carolina? Is everyone's equipment in Charlotte, North Carolina? 
all the equipment um mo yes we 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 ended up flying back with the bag so we deadheaded a bus there which means that we packed the bus on wednesday the bus drives meets us picks us up and then we have all of our stuff there without having to check all those bags at the airport so on the way back um we kept all of our baseball equipment and checked the bags on the airline so um you know, kudos to Coach Simmons uh, and, and two of our managers and Jordan Bowman and Ethan Kurtz and then also Donna Nemo helping out our athletic trainer. Like they did a great job of just helping with everything and making sure that everything went smooth. It's uh, if you, you know, if you're traveling and you don't expect problems, you're probably going to be disappointed. So when they show up, you just go, you know, we're, we're good at it these days. You roll with the punches and, you know, you figure it out, control what you can control. Just want to remind everybody, if you're out there watching live on YouTube tonight, we can see some, a few of you out there. Um, feel free to drop a, drop a shout out in the uh, in the comment section or ask a question. Yeah, you've got Toby here. If, if maybe maybe you want to ask Toby some movie trivia or something, and, or you know, I'd be happy to talk about that. He, he talks about <laughs> Coach Pick will literally talk about whatever. So we were just talking about gangs in New York earlier. So yeah, we we were. We, we we had to break up a, a really good conversation to start this show, but yeah, so we were, we were just having a bit of fun. So, um, you know, th there were some, and you touched, you did such a great job of touching on some themes. Um, one, uh, going back to, going back to Friday, um, the, the continued emergence of Wyatt Hudapole, um, you know, and we've talked to Woody about this uh, as well. And, and you know, we, when we talk to people out in the community, you know, in, in Niner Nation about, um, you know, what's going on with the team from, from week to week, from game to game, you know, coming into the season, we expressed uh, a lot of confidence in, uh, in a number of guys. Uh, and, and Wyatt Hudapol was somebody that, that we made a lot of positive comments about. And, um, you know, he, he's been kind of getting his feet under him uh, as the season started. And then, bam, last, you know, last week he goes and sets a school record. And then this week he comes back and, I mean, he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with with uh, with the, the preseason preseason All-American and uh, has another another good outing, two runs and six innings. Um, but when, when people say things like, well, why, did, why do you think he's going to be able to do that? Uh, it's because we saw him do it. I mean, Wyatt Hudopol was really good in the fall, and he was he was even better in the preseason. We saw him carving up our lineup, which I think has proven it can hit the baseball a little bit. But mm -hmm. that's that's huge. Uh, that that's that's two straight quality starts from Wyatt Hudopol, and he looks like he's rounded into shape just just at the right time as we hit our stride in conference play. Yeah, Coach Woodard and Coach O have done a really nice job with him, and. You know, it's a it's a big credit to, you know, the way that we develop pitchers, but it's also a really big credit to Wyatt and, and just his tenacity and his, you know, the way he goes about his business on a daily basis. Like he's very you can tell he's got like the perfect combination of being intense, but also being really even keeled. Um, I think, you know, if I was taking a guess, I'd say a lot of that comes from playing high school football like he did um, and being a high school quarterback. Um, because there's certainly aspects of being a high school quarterback that equate to being a, a college pitcher, right? And, and that you are kind of the center of the game and everything revolves around you. Um, and, but you can't let the moment be too big for you. And, you know, Wyatt's done a really good, a really good job of defining the moment. 
you know, on Friday nights when he toes the rubber. And like you said, started in the fall, continued in the early spring, um, building momentum into the season. So he's just, he's done a fantastic job. Our guys love playing behind him. Um, you know, one of the things that I would say as a coach that's, that gets to be around him when he's pitching and when he's not pitching is he's the first guy out of the dugout every half inning when he's not pitching, you know, to get the other starter to pump the guys up. And, you know, I think there's a lot to say for that. And, you know, just for the way that he goes about his business and being an awesome teammate, being an awesome leader, um, and then obviously spearheading the pitching staff on Friday night. Coach, uh, Cam Hansen on Sunday, and he, he ended up winning the Conference USA Pitcher of the Week today uh, for his performance on, on Sunday. Uh, talk a little bit about his performance um, this year and, and uh, on Sunday. So Cam, you know, Cam has is, is got a really good repertoire of, you know, the ability to throw a changeup, the ability to throw the breaking ball, and then the ability to locate the fastball. And so – you know, on Sunday, yesterday, gosh, it seems like it was last week, but it was just yesterday. Um, you know, he just was able to do a really good job of, you know, at times pitching backwards and pitching off the changeup and pitching off the slider and, you know, doubling up or, you know, switching up between those two and then going to the fastball um, and just changing things up. Him him and Caden Hobson worked really well together when he was on the mound. And I thought Caden did an outstanding job of calling pitches yesterday as well. You know, that doesn't need to get lost in the shuffle with Niner back there, you know, commanding the pitching staff and and, and calling the game as well. So, um, you know, Cam Cam was in control. Um, and I think, you know, he was poised. Um, you know, even, even the catcher, um, Corona, who had a really good day on Saturday, you know, with a couple of homers and a double, like even Corona, like he was able to keep him off balance and 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 really pitch hard inside against him and get some guys out because they've got some really good hitters in that lineup. They've got some guys that can hit for power. They've got some guys that can beat you deep, but they've also got some guys that can, you know, handle the bat and spray the ball around the field. So it's, it's, it's a tough lineup to pitch pitch to. And I thought Cam did a great job. You know, we've seen Cam have a, have performances like that before uh, and, and, and be successful, but I'm not sure coach if I've ever seen him, that outwardly confident just i mean he looked great on the mound i mean he was strutting he was coming as as he walked just the, the way he was walking onto and off of the field i mean he was just exuding a lot of confidence and that might be more confidence than than i've ever seen from from cam or that i recall seeing um you would be a better um uh, subject matter expert on that than i would but i i can't recall another time I think you hit the nail on the head and, and coach Woodard's been, you know, he's been meeting with those pitchers a lot in, in different aspects and different groups on the team, not just the pitching staff, but, you know, you start to see these guys get into the season and, and, and you don't want to say get their feet wet early, but you know, the first couple times out, especially early in the season, everybody's going to be nervous because everybody cares. Everybody wants to be out there. You've been training for this for a year. And then to see guys kind of start to get into the rhythm of the season and build confidence from one good outing to another good outing. And then, you know, again, with a lot of the mental stuff that we do on the pitching side, I think you're, you're, you're starting to see some guys really come into their own and, you know, believe in, in themselves. Um, and then also letting that carry over into how they, how they carry themselves on the mound when they go out there, when they're there, and then on the way back in. And so you're right. I mean, 
you know, I think, I think my mom could go to the ballpark and tell you who the most confident guy on the field is, right? People can see it. And it was pretty evident that Cam had, you know, he was really confident yesterday. And everybody competes better when their confidence is high. Speaking of coach, uh, Dante DeFranco, <clears throat> he's in a third year in the program. Um, hadn't seen the field much, uh, but this year he's been inserted into the lineup here and there. And this weekend he got a, um, he got three starts in center field Saturday, huge day for him, five for five, I think three ribbies. Uh, talk a little bit about his his time here at Charlotte and um, what you see from him on a day-to-day basis. Dante's, Dante's probably one of the most popular guys on the team. You know, he's got great energy. Um, he works his tail off. He's a great teammate. And, you know, he's been like that from day one. We recruited him our first fall here out of Pro 5. Uh, in North Carolina, up in Raleigh, saw him play. Just love the way he played catch. Uh, he can play multiple positions. He is he in an inner squad. He will literally play short, third, second, center field, left field, right field. I'm sure if we needed him to play first base or catch, he could. Um, he threw. He had a bet going on one of our practices. I think week one or week two of the season that he could he could hit 87 or 88. I think he hit 90 on the mound. I think he hit 90. So wow. not short on confidence. Another guy that played high school football was a was a slot receiver. I think he might have played a little high school basketball early in his high school career, but he comes from a great family. Um, you know, he's got a great work ethic and he really has. Like he's, you know, he's been all in since day one. Um, he's been a fantastic teammate. He's traveled, he's he's played infield, he's played outfield. Uh and you know, it's like Coach McKibben said two weeks ago, he was like Dante DeFranco was, you know, he was front squatting. I think it was 225. Um, and for a guy that might not have the largest stature on the team, you know, he works his tail off in the weight room too. And so, you know, to see that all come to fruition, um, you know, the same starting lineup's not going to run out there every single day for 56 regular season games. And so, you know, when guy when we have the opportunity to get guys in the lineup and, and obviously his first start coming against, I think it was UNC Asheville, um, you know, he started at shortstop for us. We won that game. Um, he started, uh, did he start Friday night against Old Dominion? And we won that game as well. I think, I don't know if it was Friday or not against Old Dominion, but he started another game. And then, you know, you start right. just seeing his name in there more and more and more. And, um, you know, he gets, he gets those opportunities and he makes the most of them. Right. I think we had, we've seen him. Center field, shortstop, I think second base this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made a heck of a play opening weekend, second base. Right. Go yeah, ahead. that Old Dominion game uh, Friday, Coach, he started at second base yeah. on Friday night against Old Dominion. I'm glad I, I'm glad I remember that correctly. So. Yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, though, and, and we talk about this all the time, with, with a story like Dante's is, is why people like college sports. Because, you know, a, a guy that's recruited out of high school spends spends some, you know, he's he's just everywhere, wherever he can get on the field and um, doesn't get as many opportunities as he I'm sure he'd like because everybody wants to play. Nobody goes to nobody joins a team to sit on the bench. And um, when he's ready, when his number's called, he just goes out there and, and just just makes a difference. And it's it's fantastic. It's it's why people like I said, it's why people love college sports. It is. And it's in in. You know, it's one of the things that makes coaching so much fun is when you get to be around guys like that every day when you come to the field, you know, 
I mean, that guy's got a smile on his face every single day. You know, every time you call his name to go into the game or to start a game, he jumps, you know, he jumps up like he's sitting on a spring. And, you know, we tell these guys all the time, if you're always ready, you don't have to get ready. And Dante is always ready. Um, and it's awesome to see him do what he did. And, you know, I wish I don't know if there was a microphone close enough to the dugout to hear the team every time he, you know, he got one of his five hits or made a play like his teammates love him. And I think that says a lot about him as a as a player, him as a as a young man, and him as a leader. And according to Will Butcher on on Twitter, Kevin, we saw this. Um, uh, apparently, Dante said he was gonna go. He was gonna go crazy on on uh, Saturday, and, and he did. <laughs> well, I'm glad he did. It helps. <laughs> Every single one of those hits was huge. So. <laughs> yeah, he had he had a big day. So um, we got a couple other. Uh, kind of continuing with that theme guys that are sort of uh, newer to the lineup. Um, and this is, this is a, a decidedly between Dante and, and Spencer Nolan. These are decidedly defensive uh, decisions that they're that being made here, but I love that you make, it's always great. The game rewards you, right? You make defensive decisions and suddenly get rewarded with offense. But um, Spencer Nolan, you mentioned him as well. And, and he is showing some elite level defensive skills at first base Um Young man, what twenty? It was twenty games into his college career, and um, is is playing a key role. But he played a key role this weekend, uh, not only defensively at first base, but he got you some hits too. He did, and and you know Spencer is Spencer's another North Carolina high school player that we recruited. Um, we saw him play in American Legion ball during the summer. He was playing in the American Legion State Tournament. Another high school shortstop, just like Dante, and. You know, Spence moved around a lot in the fall. He worked out some at first. He worked, you know, he worked out at short, second, third, first. And, you know, he's he's six. He's every bit of six foot five. And so um, obviously he's he's a great target over there. He's a shortstop, so he can make a lot of different kinds of throws. And he's an athlete, also a high school basketball player. Um, his Hoggard high school basketball team made a made a pretty deep, deep state uh, state run last year when he was a senior. Um, and so, yeah, Spence has done a great job for us. He is really, really athletic. His base baseball is ahead of him. Um, he's a guy that knows the zone. Even as a high school player, he knew the zone really well and wouldn't chase a whole lot. And Coach Sibahar has done a really good job of, you know, getting him a little bit more, I guess, what you would say, offensive. You know, Spence has done a great job in the weight room with Coach McKibben. And then just all the different drills that we do offensively, like Spencer – you know, Spencer is a name that you're going to be hearing a lot from, and he's an exciting young player. Um, would even go as, you know, would even go as far as to say, you know, he might remind some people of a young Jake Cunningham in the way Jake looked when he was a freshman. I took it. I, I was about to ask you the same thing, and you just went right with it. He looks like Jake to me. I mean, yeah. if, if you want to know what Jake Cunningham looked like as a freshman, Look at Spencer Nolan. That's that's what he looked like, you know, before before a couple of years uh, in the program and on the weight room and all that stuff. That's what he nutrition like. weight room. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what he looked like, you know. And Spencer can go out in the outfield too. He can play second. He can play short. He can play third. He can play left, center, right. You know, I think the only thing him and Dante haven't done is catch. Well, let, let, let's hope they don't have to. <laughs> yeah, let's hope they don't. I don't think they will. <laughs> well, speaking of Cunningham, Cunningham version 1.0, um, he had he had two big homers on the week, and his bats come alive after um, 
starting the season, uh, not playing. He was injured start of the season. So talk a little about about Cunningham, the way he's progressed uh, since coming off the injury on the injury list. Um, well, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy being injured to start the year. It's not easy being injured, period. And I think, you know, Jake's done a really good job, um, along with Donna Nemo, our athletic trainer, and Eric McKibben, our, our baseball performance coach, of, you know, having a plan and staying on that plan and, you know, keeping his spirits up, knowing that every day is one day closer. Um, you know, just from a, you know, a physical progression to a strength progression to a hitting progression to a throwing progression, like Jake hasn't taken any days off. Um, and he's such a talented young man. I mean, maybe the most bat speed I've ever seen live of anybody that I've coached. And, you know, the ball explodes off his bat. And so um, I think I think what you're seeing from Jake is you're seeing just the maturity that comes with being a third year guy, being a junior in, in college. And he's got a ton of confidence. We've got a ton of confidence in him. Um, and, you know, with that. You know, he's just setting himself up for success moving forward as far as, you know, how this season goes and the, the opportunities that he's going to have. And, you know, being in the middle of the line because, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to, you know, to be in the top five of a, of a really good lineup on a really good team that that's going to play the kind of schedule that we do. And so Jake knows he's going to get pitched off just like Cam, just like just like Knighty, just like Butch, just like Hop or Blake Jackson or any of those guys. So, um, you know, it's good to see him like when he does have a, an at-bat that might not turn out as successful as he wants it to, it's good to see him handle it, you know, mature and like take it for what it's worth, evaluate it and then move on. And then boom, he's right back. He's right back into the next at-bat. And so I think you're going to see him have, have even more success this year than he has in years past, just because he's more mature. You know, there was uh, I think it was, um, uh yesterday where jake did a first to third mm -hmm. uh and i remember thinking at the time that um you know and it's a day-to-day -day and i know whether when, when you're trying to trying to recover and trying to get back on the field the temperature plays a lot into this and you know you're trying to you know just trying to get your body feeling right um but he had a first to third yesterday where he moved from my perspective, we were we were watching on TV, obviously, and 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 you know, for those of you uh, who are also watching on TV with us, you know, the camera work yesterday was um, well, I don't Conference, know Conference it, USA esque. It, it was Conference USA esque. Um, th th there were a couple times, coach, where the ball got like like Cam slapped one to right field, and the camera immediately panned to left field. Oh, and, okay, nice. Uh, oh yeah, there were times. There were actually times that we found out. We found out that whether we were batting or playing defense, we were watching the players we could see to see how they reacted. Like, like when, when there was one where they just stayed on cam, uh, on, on cam Hansen, the ball went up in the air and we we're like, we're just watching cam cam started jogging to the, to the dugout. That meant the ball was caught out as <laughs> <Yep>. a <laughs> third out. But, um, you know, the, he, on that, on that first to third, I thought Jake, move the best that i've seen him um as far as the with not only um the comfort with which he seemed to be moving and the speed with which he seemed to be moving um i don't know i thought it was encouraging i'll, I'll take that we all it's good to see him feeling better it's good to see him out yeah. there moving around and you know he just keeps getting healthier and healthier every day so speaking of the camera work was was replay an option this weekend 
That's a great question. I have no idea, but there were definitely a couple calls that didn't get replayed at all that I was kind of surprised by. Yeah, I don't – well, I don't know if um, it was because of the camera situation or what, but I don't remember any – There were no challenges. I don't know if it was feasible to challenge because – I don't know if there was either. I really didn't even ask Coach Order at any point in time because the only plays that I saw that – we're possibly going to get challenged with plays where we were on defense and they were called out. There was a couple of plays like a bunt that hit the knob of the bat or hand. Oh yeah. They didn't challenge that one. Yeah. Neither, they didn't challenge and, that one. Um, that, so I, I assume because he came out and argued, Burroughs came out and argued yeah. that one. And I would assume that if he was arguing that he would have challenged it, but uh, I don't know. I really it, don't. Well, well that, that's good. I'm glad I asked the question. Um, but so I guess normally on a, when you start a weekend series, is that something that's talked about up front with, with coach Woodard or is that, uh, the head the coaches point? will discuss it obviously prior to the series starting and they'll discuss it at the plate meeting. So they'll, they'll break it down. Usually Friday night plate meetings last a little longer than Saturday and Sunday. I'm sure you guys have noticed that from mm-hmm. the past couple weekends at the Hayes. Well, we really noticed it on the first opening day when we were sitting down there getting ready to throw out the first pitch. And Coach Woodard, I think they played the whole Top Gun soundtrack while we were standing there waiting to throw out the first pitch. I think pitch. they played it three times, yeah. They might have played it three times. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm loose. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. I need to throw this ball, please. Yeah, I think that affected our performance a little bit. That I day. wasn't but loose. I, I was just great. ready to get back in the stands. Was, yeah, was, I thought you guys did great. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. I don't know play. if we got back it to you, but we, we after that, we officially retired. Yeah, I know how that feels. Some days my shoulder doesn't feel that great either. No, that's that's not the deal. We've 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 done opening day two two years in a row, and we're zero and two. So, oh. mm, yeah, it's like the blue cleats. We we we're retired. Not superstitious, but we are a little stitious. Little stitious. So Ke- Kevin and I. Okay. On the very next show, we actually had a statement prepared about all the the time we were looking forward to spending with our families in the stands on opening day. Um, now that we're officially retired, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm, I I can buy into that. Um, I mean, that's kind of what that's kind of what we did the other on Saturday when when me and Phil switched and I went to coach third base and Phil went back to the dugout. Yeah. You know. I, I that's a great point you bring up, uh, Coach, because you guys had, had had switched around a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, in fact, we had you. I mean, we're kind of used to seeing you at third base. You were back in the dugout for a little bit. I was for like uh, I think it was like two weeks, maybe maybe it was three weekends. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, Phil does a great job coaching third base, and he does a great job of running the offense when I'm when he's in the dugout. Um, you know, you stand right next to Coach Woodard, and there's great conversations that happen with regard to what we want to do here, and do we want to bond? Do we want to put a guy in motion? You know, do we want to hit run, or do we, you know, do we just want to let him hit? Um, different aspects of things, and you know, when you're at third base, um, you know, some people think it's complicated. I don't think it's that complicated. You you wave the fast guys, and you stop the slow ones. You know, um, but you know, you're directing traffic. It's it's you know not quite as stressful as probably an elementary school morning, you know, drop off, um, you know, but that just depends on how much caffeine all the parents have had. So nowhere near um, as stressful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Kobe, you just, have an amazing way of simplifying the complicated. Right, we'll take that. You I'll send the fast ones and you right stop now. the slow ones. Yeah. 
but uh, no, so we just, you know, me and Coach Woodard and, and Coach Sibahar, we just, we were talking on Saturday and it was like, hey, like, let's change it up. Like, I'm going to go back to third. Phil's going to come back in the dugout. And lo and behold, it worked. And so we did it again on Sunday and it worked. And, you know, not that that's the reason we win or lose, but, you know, sometimes just making small adjustments to to this or to that, you know, can can help. So it's, it's well, good to be I, back. I, I'm telling you, I, I agree, Coach, because um, the when when the Friday before last, when Wyatt set the set the school record and had such a great outing, um, I, I missed it for my for my nephew's birthday party. I told the whole story on here, uh, but but the long story short was I missed it. Uh, I could have gotten here for the last few innings, but seeing the way things were going, I refused to come out here. I refused to go to the stadium, and um, and then I actually offered to just stay home, uh, mm-hmm. like like until um but i i'm told that's not necessary but i'm like hey if i'm I'm the problem if i'm the problem dick i'll stay home yeah i you know so i felt the same way last year about softball if i showed up at one of their games like even for an inning like i would show up and the other team would start scoring runs and so i i told coach chastain I said, hey, Skip, like, I'm not saying it's my fault that you guys lost, but just to be on the safe side, like, I'm not coming to any more games, even if it's for two innings or one inning. Like, I'm just going to keep my head down and walk toward a baseball field. Because I think it was like four games. It was like four home games that I, like, stopped at. We were up one nothing, or we would be up 5-2, to two, and then, like, the other team would score three runs and it would be tied in the sixth, and I'd be like, I feel like this is my fault. I need to leave. It's disheartening, isn't it? I mean, it, well, I didn't. I didn't take it personal. I just didn't want to be the reason that the Niner gals didn't get a W. So, speaking of coach, I hear that you deserve a lot of credit for our our newest venture, the Diamond Niner Gals podcast. Um, we put it out there to a, a select group of, of of minds to think of a, a name for this new podcast that we we're talking about for softball and we're here that um you're the one that came up with the with the diamond niner gals i don't i don't know if i came up with that or not i, I think i might have resonated it to coach chastain um you know the niner gals it's got a good ring to it she liked it so um happy to happy to help um but they had a good weekend too they won two or three down at fau right sure they did, did. Second series win, second conference USA series win in a row. In a row, so they're in second now. Are they in second yeah, in the standings? Conference USA. They are one game out. A comment coming in um, on the chat, Coach. Um, some somebody wants to make sure if 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 Phil is going to go back out to third, that you teach him how to hit the deck when it, when he wants a slide. That's kind of your thing. I mean, can you teach him how to do that? I can. I can. It's called burpees. It's called burpees. <laughs> it's just the burpee without the second half of the burpee. That's all it is. Well, and frankly, the second half of the burpee is the half that sucks. Yes. Yes, we can say <laughs> sucks on this on this podcast. So, yes, it's the second oh, yeah. half that sucks the most. Yes, that's that's what makes them challenging. Yeah. You, when you can't t- you can't teach them the instinct though. You, when you when you go when you drop down like that, it's the instinct. <laughs> It is. It's like the it's it's in the heat of heat of the fire, right? right? You know, and it's usually Nate Furman. You know, it's usually like a Nate Furman coming in. You know, so that adds a little bit. You know, 
You want, yeah, to, you want, to, you want to reciprocate the energy, right? That's and, and it's tough to reciprocate that kind of energy, you know. But drag them coming in yesterday for the triple, like that was pretty awesome. That was awesome. That's a great segue. We, we're we're kind of working through some of these these themes from the weekend. Um, we, we we've talked about some of the 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 pitching and and some of the guys that have come off the bench and provided some things and uh, Jake getting healthy and and coming around and and here he comes again. Looks like Jack Dragon's heating up at the right time. He is. He is. Jack. You know, Jack hasn't always been the fastest starter of a season, but you know, this is about that time that Jack gets going and just kind of starts doing his thing. He had a big two out, two RBI knock on Saturday. He had another uh, couple of big RBIs yesterday and, you know, played really good defense and anchored the infield at short. Um, I think his first hit, you know, his first couple hits just got through the infield, which good hitters are going to find a way to get a ball through a hole. And then, uh, you know, he hammered that triple at the end. When he got to third, he was like, I thought I got all that. I thought it was leaving the yard. I thought it was a home run. And I was like, really? I didn't th- I didn't think it was going out. But he didn't miss it by a whole bunch. Well, the camera work from the camera work, I thought he had it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it didn't. I think it for me, like I just didn't hear it make that sound oh. um when it came off the bat. And so I was like, that ball's carrying, you know? And then I saw the mm-hmm. outfielder turn his back to the field to play the ricochet. And I was like, Oh, let's go, Jack. Triple, you know. So we don't get a lot of those. Tough, it's always good when you see the. It's tough to hit a triple at the Hayes. Yeah, it's it's always good when you see the outfielder. You see the outfielder's back, right? That's that's an e that's an easy one for the third base coach to keep cranking your arm. <laughs> yeah. So we always joke that the guys always. I tell them I'm like, hey, like if you hear me yelling, if the louder I yell at you to run, usually means the slower I think you are. In the heat of the moment. So it's like, you know, if it's like I'm cranking a guy, I'm cranking a guy, and I'm like, you got to go, Butch. You know, that's like, I feel like the louder I yell, the faster he's going to run. Or if it's Jack or if it's anybody else. You know, if it's if it's somebody like Fish or Cunningham or Blake Jackson, it's like, score, you know. So, so there's a correlation between – how you're yelling and how quick and how fastly they move. I don't, I don't know that me yelling louder makes them run faster, but in the moment I have found that I'm never yelling that loudly about going and scoring and getting down and let's go to fast guys. You don't have time. They're too fast. You don't have time. (laughs) Yeah. You're faster. It's like score. When, when you don't think they're as fast, it's, it's you know, you, you feel like your voice has to provide them with some push m- momentum. There you go. Well, we need to get on and, uh, and and maybe start talking about next week. We do have a content suggestion coming in. Um, right. Yeah. And producer Brad, this might be something we could work up at, at, at the Hayes sometime. Um, I'm just going to read this to you as it came in. Uh, how have we not seen the coach Bick cam yet? That would be entertaining as hell. Depends <laughs> if there's a microphone with it. Well, I mean, we could always edit it up later. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. You know, <laughs> I, I've been I've been told that I move around a lot, so um, you know, 
might have to have a good swivel on that thing. Well, I mean, clearly, because, I mean, we've been talking about you laying on the ground and, and you know, the, the whole thing. So, yeah, of yeah. course you move around a lot. I mean, duh. I don't so know. What, we, what do you think about that? Now? What do we got next? Is this the preview? Is this Are we previewing what's going yeah. on for this week? Let's do the week ahead, right? The week ahead. Yeah, you want mm-hmm. to talk about the week ahead? Let's talk about the week ahead. Let Let's me get it. here. Uh, all right. First of all, there's a read in here, Toby. We have a read in. We're very professional around here. Right, I'm going to grab the water while you do this. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. This is, you know, it's, it's Toby Bicknell's world. We're just living in it. Brought to you by our friends at One Campus. We want to remind you that the deadline to have your orders for baseball gear included in the upcoming batch is March 24th. So check them out at onecampusco.com. So uh, we've talked to you about those guys. They're making some really cool baseball gear. You've had a chance to see some of that stuff at the Hayes now. So if if you want to get some baseball gear, I know for a fact producer Brad just spent his life savings uh, with One Campus and has some some new Niner gear incoming. So uh, he's yeah. he's broke, but he's very excited about being broke and getting his gear. I think my bank All account right. is recovered from round one, and uh, we may be making another purchase here soon because there's softball and baseball gear on this in this order. Yeah. So oh, okay. uh, bank accounts, much like rules. We're made to be broken. So just you got your you got your Bailey Vinoy jersey. Like is that is that what you got softball gear wise? No, the, uh, they didn't all they don't offer that yet. Maybe okay, that's, that, maybe that that's, hasn't happened yet. Yet. Now I, I do know, and I don't I don't I don't know. I don't want to get us in trouble. I don't want to get us in trouble with Nick and Joel, but I I do know that they have been working with the university on uh being able to offer potentially hopefully maybe if they can get to the red tape maybe offering some nil type jerseys so maybe there could be there potentially maybe could be a boobanoid (laughs) all right now it's time for the the guest the guest of the show to do the questioning and which number jersey would you wear Mm. yeah what number what number well kevin you had a number oh i can't remember it's so been so long but uh you don't remember what what number you wore in high school? I wore I wore number eleven. Okay, there's twenty. We're talking about jerseys of current players. So current player, oh, okay. current player could be a past player. If you had to buy a jersey, what jersey do you buy? I'm definitely getting number ten. Yeah, yeah. Zach Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, Zach Jarrett. Zach Jarrett. Yeah, he 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 wore it a little bit better than I did. Um, or before that, that was uh Justin Seeger. Was it Seeger? Am I getting that one right? It seems like yeah, you're right. I think I think you might be right, Nick. I think Sieg wore ten. Uh, I can tell you this, and hey, this is this is a great way. I, because of the Grand Slam Club, which if you're not a member of the Grand Slam Club, you should go check that out at charlotte49ers.com. Because of the Grand Slam Club, I am the recipient of a game worn number two JD Suarez jersey. So I have a brand new Nike white pinstripe JD Suarez jersey. So how about that? Ooh. Yes. And, then, and I was able to uh, get number twenty-four from last year. It's a pretty good one. Dave, big maple. Big maple. He's got yeah. a big maple jersey. Man. <laughs> now Cal Clark. Cal Clark. Yeah, Cal Clark. That's right. 24. Cal Clark. Yep. Hopefully he's not wearing the red cleats this weekend. <laughs> It's always I've I've always you know that's one of the things that I've always thought about numbers and like who wears numbers like 
you know, I mean, anytime you say number 17, I think about Chris Sabo. Cause when I was growing up, like he was the one guy that I remember that wore 17. So like the one year I played in college, I couldn't wear 10. Somebody else had it. So I wore 17 because I was like, Oh, Chris Sabo. Yeah. I wore 17, but it's always interesting to see who wears numbers in programs, you know, and if you're a guy that, you know, like Cal Clark right now is wearing 24 and in 10 years, you know, somebody's going to be wearing 24 and they're going to be like, Hey, David McCabe, Cal and, and Cal Clark both wore this number. You know, I've always been intrigued by that. I think it's neat. It, it is pretty cool. It's funny, funny story, coach. One time you guys, I think you guys were having a uh, camp prospect camp right before uh-huh. scrimmage, right before scrimmage, I think it is spring. And I walked in, I didn't realize, I forgot you guys had a prospect camp before scrimmage. And I walked in and I saw a number three on the mound. And then in the in the Niners jersey, I was like, man, Don, they got Dante on the mound. <laughs> and uh it took me a few minutes to realize, oh man, they're still doing the prospect camp. Yeah. So uh, funny little story there, but uh Dante really, did hit 90 a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So on the mound. So in the in the in the uh media guide, I guess they had they do have every player that's wore each number now in the game notes. So it's pretty neat to see. Okay, I haven't, I haven't check. checked that out yet. I need to do that. So it, it's pretty a new addition this year from uh, Mr. Templin, I guess. Yeah, the Joe's made some great uh, improvements to to the media guide, particularly in the area of the record book. But um, the, the the question I thought you were asking, Toby, uh, the last number that I recall picking myself, uh, which is even longer ago than Kevin, because I was in no way good enough to play in high school. Um, the last number I picked for myself, I'm pretty sure was 55. I, I, I selected number 55 and, uh, that was all about oral Hershiser. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, that was my, the reason you could do it. The bulldog. Great book, by the way, his book. What is that? What's the name of it? I've got it somewhere. I've read it. I haven't read that one. Into the blue long something blue. Yeah. It's really good. Hmm. I, I have not. That sounds like a good read. I'm gonna check that out. Let me see if I can find it. I'll bring it to the yard. Just let you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll we'll read it during the game. <laughs> yeah, library. I'll let you check it out from the library. You know what I mean? All right, Coach Bick's library. <laughs> yeah, you can bring it to those neighborhood. We'll, we'll set up one of those things, like you know, in neighborhoods where they put up the little box. It's like a little bird, you know, little birdhouse or something, but it's full of books, and you can you can go and get one out. Yeah, you just bring you bring me a book. I'll read it. I'll bring you a book. You can read that one. Yeah, we'll do that. It works. All right, moving on. We can head. Sorry. So we got another question coming in. I'll ask this one because I'm curious. This is a great man. Our see people people get curious about Toby. You know, they they want to ask questions. So and naturally, between a head coach and associate head coach, you guys have lots of situational conversations, whether it's in the dugout or you're, you're just trying to figure out how to play different situations, right? So the question that's come in is, what can you say, what comment can you make about the situational conversations that you and Woody have over the course of a game? Like, like what's, what's going on between you guys as you're, you're talking through, through the course of a game? Well, um, a lot of questions. So it'll be like, Hey, do you want to like, do you want to do this here? Do you want to pinch hit this guy here? Um, or, you know, is kind of what I'll ask him or, you know, he might ask me, Hey, like, who do you like better, you know, next inning in this situation on the mound? Or, um, do we need to, do we need to put this guy in for defense? Do we need to put this guy in for offense? 
you know, just kind of like those those back and forth questions. Um, that's most of the conversations that we have uh, during the game, you know, is who are we thinking about moving? Who are we thinking about adding? Um, who, who do we think are the best guys to go to um, in different spots, in different situations based off tendency splits, based off, you know, previous success? Um, and we do a lot of that, too, before a series or before a game starts. So, like, I mean – you guys know Coach Woodard. I mean, he's 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 an elite level thinker, and so a lot of the things that we do are things that he's already thought about or watched film on or had written down on his on his game note sheet before the game even starts. So, so which is more likely to happen, Toby? Uh, one of these conversations starts, and 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 which comments likely to happen more often? Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Or, nah, you're right. I was thinking the same thing. I'm probably saying I haven't, I'm probably the one that's saying I haven't thought about that. And Woody's probably saying, um, yeah, I like that. Let's do that. That's probably, I'm, I'm probably the one that's more like, Oh, I didn't think about doing that. Yeah. Let's do that. And then Woody's probably the one that's like, I've already thought about that. I like that. That's a good idea. Let's do that. Or, or, you know, occasionally I might crack a joke, you know, <laughs> just to keep the moment light. You know, he'll chuckle. We do that too on this show, actually. We, yeah, we, we absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes we just say stuff to him just to see what, you know, what, <laughs> you know, just, just see if we could throw him off a little bit or something. Just, you know. Yeah. Well, we never- nothing, nothing beats joking after wins and especially wins on the road and wins on the rubber match Sunday and wins on a getaway day. Especially when you don't know how you're getting back to Dallas. <laughs> also, a really good point. Thank goodness for Coach Simmons and him. You know, I think he left the game in the seventh to go make sure we had everything that we needed. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. All right. We promised you. We promised you a while back that we we're going to move on to this week. So we're actually going to do it now. So big week coming up here um, Tuesday, uh, and you know everybody looks forward to these games playing playing in uptown, playing uh, at Truist Field, uh, home mm-hmm. of nights. Um, first game of two, uh, first, first game of two uptown and first game of two against South Carolina. We also travel back down to Columbia, uh, late, late in the season. Um, but the Gamecocks are coming in, uh, 20 and one after sweeping Georgia at Athens last weekend to start SEC play. Uh, I am going to go out on a limb and guess that the Gamecocks have likely not forgotten about that home L that the boys, uh, put on them in Columbia last season. We're in Truist Field, Uptown Charlotte. Niner Nation's going to need to bring it because I can promise you that the Gamecock fans are going to be out in force. So if you don't have tickets, go to TicketReturn.com, go to the Charlotte Knights website and get some. You can't get those through the Charlotte site. You got to get them through through the Knights. So if you haven't done that already, do that and grab a jacket and be ready to go tomorrow night. So, Coach. Yeah. Well, um, the – South Carolina's gotten off to a great start. And, uh, you know, they're going to be, I believe they're starting Eli Jersenbeck, who is, uh, who graduated from Providence High School last year and uh, was the number one pitcher on a staff that uh, went undefeated at Providence High School. I know he's gotten off to a good start so far in college. He's going to pitch with a lot of intensity. He's a competitive kid. He's got, he's got a really good fastball. He's got a really good breaking ball. Um, and they're playing good baseball. So, um, you know, Tuesday games, midweek games. Anytime you get to play in Truist Park in that ballpark, 
it's going to be exciting. The guys are going to be pumped. Uh, we need all the fans there because we know um, we know how much energy you guys provide to our team and helping us play better. And um, we're excited to compete and go toe to toe with another SEC team. Just quickly grab the uh, the stats on Jerzenbeck. Um, Thirteen innings pitched, one thirty eight ERA, eighteen strikeouts against one walk. Man, that's going to be it's it's really going to suck for him when that one rock one walk thing gets broken up by by the Niner boys and all that plate discipline we bring. But it looks like and it looks like we're going with Colin Kramer on the mound um, uh, to match up. So, Coach, I know you're a Charlotte native. Uh, Coach talks about this a lot. Um, tell us a little bit about what it means to play Uptown Charlotte, nice stadium. I'm sure he spent lots of time going to the old ballpark um, growing up in Charlotte. Talk a little bit about uh, being a Charlotte native and playing Uptown. Yeah, so we moved here in 90, and um, I had an opportunity to go to the old Knights Castle down at Fort Mill and watch Jim Tomey and Sam Horn drop tank bombs every time I went to the yard. This is before Jim Tomey got called up. So all those guys that played in the Indians organization and, you know, it, it was a haul from South Charlotte to go there. But I remember when this ballpark was being built and just the excitement around having an uptown ballpark and the skyline and the way they've laid it out, um, going to night's games, you know, they, they host a ton of tournament games and college games there. So it's, you know, this is our city. Um, you know, we, we recruit the state of North Carolina extremely hard. We recruit the city of Charlotte extremely hard. And so, you know, representing the the nine letters that spell out the city of Charlotte across our chest and playing a game right in the heart of Uptown, it means so much to us. It means so much to our staff and to our players. Um, and so, you know, when we show up tomorrow, we're going to be ready to, you know, to play extremely hard, to play for this city, to play for each other. And, you know, I know our guys are going to bring their A game. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be fun, and and you know, it. it I mean, I love playing, love it when we play at the Hayes, and I know we all do. But um, when when we go up there, it does bring a different. Um, it it brings a different fan out. It brings uh, there are, there are plenty of people that we have a hard time getting to the Hayes that will gladly come out to that game. Oh, yeah. um, and you know, it, it's it's more centrally located. It's it's a it's a phenomenal view um you know the the uh the beer is always cold um although cold cold's not gonna be a problem tomorrow night i don't think um <laughs> you can you just sit those beers out on the on the concourse i think they'll be just fine um but uh yeah it's it, like, like you said i remember going down to to that that park in in fort mill and um you know i mean they had some great players but that was not I mean, let's be real. That that wasn't a fun place to go. I mean, as far as a ballpark, it just not, yeah, not not near as not near as alluring as truest ballpark uptown. No, no. So we're gonna get uh, we'll get through that tomorrow night. Come on out, uh, like I said, grab a ticket, grab a jacket, and meet us at the ballpark. Uh, I know there'll be Niners um, throughout some of the local establishments that are bordering uh, Truist Field. So. Um, Put some green on, grab a jacket, grab a ticket, and let's go. Let's go. Then, coming into the weekend, um, so and and for for anybody that, of course, if you're listening to us, you you get this. We're um, we, we are not 
we are not content for the casual fan. <laughs> this is <laughs> if you're if you're watching this, you're listening to this, you probably know what the deal is. But um, with the changes in Conference USA, the Niners are on their way out. Southern Miss and Old Dominion and, and Marshall have already gone out. Uh, Dallas Baptist has moved in, um, and this is their first season in Conference USA. And uh, you know, Coach, just a general comment here before we kind of dig into the series, but. Dallas Baptist is, and and you've spent a long you you got spent a long time covering baseball in Texas. Dallas Baptist is one of those names that like it doesn't jump off the page like if I say LSU or something like that. But college baseball fans know about Dallas Baptist um, because they've been pretty good for quite a while. Yeah, if you don't know about Dallas Baptist, you've probably been living under a rock because um, they're perennial, you know, perennial regional. Going to regionals, hosting regionals, going to super regionals. Uh, Coach Hefner does a fantastic job there, and has since since he took over that program. Um, they've come a long way. They've got a they've got a great fan base there in Texas, and they do a really good job of recruiting nationally um, and the local state of Texas. They're very good. They're going to be very talented. Um, I I don't know if this is their first trip to Charlotte for a series. I think they came out and played. No, Tokyo they've been season. here. They've been here. Yeah. We had a home and home. We had a home and home one, uh, thirteen and fourteen, I think. Okay, so they've been here yeah. before, and and I know they they flew out here and played the Tar Heels, I think three seasons ago for a weekend series. They're going to be good. They're going to be talented. They play with an edge. They're very confident. Um, so it's going to be a great challenge. So they're uh, they're coming in. They they took two or three from FIU this weekend. Um, they're thirteen and seven over overall. They are while we're playing the Gamecocks, they're going to be playing the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, before heading to the QC. Uh, they were picked to finish second in Conference USA behind Louisiana Tech in the preseason poll, which speaks to, to what everyone knows they're capable of. Interesting, I, I didn't realize this till I, I, I was really digging into it for, for the show. Uh, they were picked second um, in, in the league. Do you guys know how many players they had put on preseason all-conference? Do you guys you're, you're picked second? Six second in the league, right? So, how many how many players would you expect to have on a preseason all conference if you were picked to finish second in the league? Four or five, you would think. Hmm? The the actual number? Sure, zero. Not a single one. They don't. They did. Maybe that's some of the. I don't know. Maybe that's some of the 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 league not being as familiar with their players because they're new. Maybe. That could be a part of it. But they were familiar enough with them to vote them second. Yeah. Well, they're going to be good. So we're going to have our hands full on Friday night. That's for sure. So, yeah, big, big weekend. Um, that six o'clock on Friday night back at the Hayes. Um, Saturday, Temperatures will be great. Temperatures it is supposed to warm up the end of this week. So absolutely. Three o'clock on Saturday and then one o'clock on Sunday. So get out. It should be a good weekend. And, you know, Hey, this is we got some giveaway. We got some giveaways. Uh, well, well, you, you have the giveaways, Kevin. Kevin's always got, Johnny on the spot promotional we schedule. Got, we we got the, this, this is the these are the listed promos. Um so Friday giveaway, reusable plastic cups. Um I could always use some of those. Saturday's got baseball bingo and Sunday. Sunday is little league day, family day, post game kids run the bases and giveaway, Charlotte. CLT baseball training card pack number four. So oh. I'm hoping I'm hoping this pack has number 10 in it. Little League Day is always my favorite because I love it when the kids run the bases after the games. 
that's that's like pure joy seeing the kids run around and do so kevin did you ever see pack number three i think that was the rain out mode you so you're right but we'll see we'll see what happens um so Sunday's the baseball card next. Maybe they're actually going to away pack number three this week. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I hope so. Um, but yeah, those are your promos for the week. It's huge, huge series at the Hayes. I mean, I know Tuesday's going to be fun uptown, but uh, we really need we really need a big crowd uh, support the guys on on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you can make it out to the campus, um, Dallas Baptist is a, is a great baseball team. It's going to be a great college ba- baseball atmosphere. So, um, like I say, pack the haze this weekend. Get your tickets. Uh, Going to see a lot of great baseball this weekend. Yeah, it's be a lot and, of fun. I, I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, guys. I know that, but that that's that's one thing that always gets me is is you know, Kevin and I have been actively involved in trying to trying to to preach the college baseball gospel uh, uh, among the fan base, um, and everybody gets excited about playing at Truist, which. Why not? It's, it, you know, uh, but playing South Carolina, playing Chapel Hill, playing, you know, it's it's like all oh, these games. And yeah, that's good. We should want to play them. And anytime you step on the field, you want to beat them. Right. Mm-hmm. But we all kind of know it's kind of the local knowledge here. Uh, you know, the, this weekend, this weekend is just as important, if not more, because this is we these conference series, especially especially going against somebody who's supposed to finish second. We've already taken a road series from the people who were picked to finish first, and now we've got a chance on our home field to get a series against the team that was finished second. I, I mean, I'm just speaking personally here, guys. And Toby, you can look at me and tell me I'm crazy, but I'm I'm really interested in this weekend. I mean, tomorrow's great, going to be there, absolutely. You know, I'm there, but this weekend's a real opportunity. Just me. The whole week is one game at a time, but you're right. Yeah, I, I know. I know you're you're saying you're saying it right. I, I, it's just me. I'm like, I'm, I'm 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 all over Dallas Baptist. Let's let's get that. Let's get those conference wins because that's that's what we got to do. That's but we appreciate the passion. We really do. <laughs> so yeah. So um, Kevin, you want to you want to talk conference USA since we got some some standings real yeah. quick. You want to. Real quick, um, the, the the results from this weekend, um, there were two sweeps. Uh, UTSA swept FAU, which is a big uh, a big series sweep for UTSA. They're they're playing a good ball this year, um, adding on to last year's uh, success. Uh, Rice swept UAB this weekend, um, and then we had the other three series uh, were two to one series. Uh, Charlotte beat La Tech two to one. Middle Tennessee won two to one over Western Kentucky and. Uh, you mentioned before Dallas Baptist took their series um, over FIU. So uh, Niners are, I guess, technically tied for third with with, uh, with three teams that are two and one going into the weekend, uh, the second week of, of conference play. So, yeah. Coach, have you had a chance to pay attention to, to, to much of what's going on in Conference USA so far? <laughs> You know, I, I'll say this. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, well, one, the first thing I think is that UTSA, uh, and and they're such a great, as far as the, the quality of the product they put on the field, they're a great candidate to be going to the American with us. They're going to be a good addition, um, and they are one. They got robbed last year and should have been in the NCAA tournament. Two, they were able to hold on to their coach. 
which I know some people were, were, were interested in him and they're probably going to have to fend him off again after this year, but they always are gritty. They play tough baseball and they're always somebody to be reckoned with. I mean, we have, we have had some all out wars with UTSA uh, the last several seasons and this mm-hmm. season will, will be no, uh, no, no different. I'm sure. I believe and Kevin, you might know if I'm right or wrong here, but I think that you've the two, three and O teams, I think UTSA is going to rice this weekend. So we're always trying to determine about where's rice at, what are, what are they doing? I know they've got a new pitching coach, so they've got a lot of optimism in, in Houston, but um, we'll, we'll find out between, between San Antonio and rice. I think we're going to learn some things pretty quickly this weekend. Right. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we got a couple more weeks till UTSA comes to town, but that's going to be a big series as well. But um, yeah. And I think Rice comes here as well, right? So no, they came here last year. I'm sorry. We no, go to coming. Rice, and they have the tournament. That's right. That's right. Reckless, right. reckless park. So yeah, um, I know you, you you want to look at this week. Next 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 game up, right, Toby? But uh, uh, UTSA is playing great right now, um, and yeah. that's gonna that's good to see because uh, I was every, everyone's kind of curious of whether what they were. Did last year was 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 a one year deal or where there was uh, sustained momentum there and it looks like this they've been sustaining their momentum from from last year's good season so um, that's just a overview of kind of what happened in Conference USA this week uh, glad to be on the top end of the, the standings so things going to shuffle out uh, as we go obviously so um, glad to be in conference play. yeah glad to be. In- Oh Glad yeah, to be in yeah. conference play. It's, it's real. Yeah, this is we got a long, long way to go, which is uh, which is a good thing. We we like having season left, so we got to get Coach Pick out of here because I think if we keep overtime or something like that, and the corporate's never going to agree to that. So, <laughs> you don't, you don't know we have corporate overlords, Toby. Oh man, um, I I just appreciate we all appreciate what you guys do. I can't thank you guys enough. I love being on here. I wish we had another hour and a half because we could we could really break down some nonsense and movie trivia and probably some historical facts and you know go down some rabbit holes of stuff. But uh, no doubt, I always just appreciate the time and love coming on and hanging out with you guys. I can't wait to see you at Uptown tomorrow either. So yeah, we'll be there. Okay. All right, folks, we're out of here. We're done. Look for this podcast wherever you find your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, click subscribe so you can be notified of new content. You can also find Diamond Eye Report on social media. We do Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but still and never TikTok. Reach out anytime you'd like. We love hearing from you. If you're old-fashioned like us, you can say hello at the ballpark, including tomorrow night or this weekend. For Kevin, producer Brad, Toby Bicknell, this has been Nick, and we'll see you Well, I guess we'll see you at Truist Truist Field tomorrow night. Go Niners. Go Niners. See you guys.